It was a pretty busy week. It started off when God said, let there be light. And it ended up when God brushed the dust off his hands after reaching into the dirt to create man. God had better than a bird's eye view of everything he created, and he nodded his head. It was good. But when he looked at Adam, his crown in creation, it was very good. Now it's time to build us a place to live. Once again, God went back to work. He hadn't designed Realtor.com yet, so it was up to him to find us a place to live or build us a place to live. God put on his general contractor hard hat and built Adam's home himself. His new neighborhood was called Eden, and what a place. Edom had one homeowner, Adam. Adam had one job. Keep the place nice. God showed Adam the brochure in Genesis 2. Adam, let me tell you about your new neighborhood. It comes complete with a sprinkler system with a light mist to water all the trees and the plants. And I know how much you're going to love water, so I'm going to give you the riverfront view. Your home will be located at the intersection where four beautiful rivers meet. And let me tell you about the kitchen. Every new home needs a beautiful kitchen, and you're going to love the kitchen. I've planted more trees than you can count to bear more fruit than you can eat to taste better than you can imagine. And when you've plucked all the fruit from one tree, just take a few steps and enjoy the fruit from another. There's just one tree in the midst of the gorgeous garden you need to know about. It's right in the heart of the garden. It's called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Whatever you do, no matter how hungry, no matter how curious you are, don't eat from that tree. Because in the day you do, you will die. And once God gave Adam the grand tour with all its grand privileges and just one single solitary prohibition, Adam settled into his new home. And God was absolutely right. It was more wonderful than words could say. Good day to you, Simplify listeners. You're listening to L.J. Harry, and you are listening to Adam, Eve, A Tree, and a Choice on Simplify. This past month, we have been looking for a house to live in whenever we move to the St. Louis area. And I laugh when I read the language some realtors use to sell the houses. And I'm starting to understand the code. I think I've cracked the code. Quaint means small. Nostalgic means old. Handy means dream means homeowner's nightmare. And if you hear from somebody, the lender, the realtor, that it's going to cost a little more, it's going to be a little smaller, it's going to be located a little farther... It's going to be at least 20,000 more, 500 square feet smaller, and 20 minutes farther than you want to drive. Most homes have at least one area you wish you could change. It, it might be the living room, might be a little too quaint, or maybe the kitchen is too nostalgic, or the finished basement, well, it's a handyman's dream. But it was not so with Eden. Even Eeyore could have written the description for this home if Eeyore could hold a pen in his paws, because it was absolute perfection. Adam's license plate holder read, Eden, heaven on earth. Adam was still awestruck when God marched the animals in front of him and told him to name them. Then we read a familiar and even funny passage in Genesis chapter 2, verse 20. But for Adam there was not found a helper comparable to him. Which means the Lord and Adam went looking for a wife. But at this point his only options were the animals he had just named. So let's see here. We've got a giraffe. Mm, too tall. Sloth? and eh, too lazy. How about a fox? Eh, cute name, but too tricky. 
Walrus? <laughs> Not a chance. Those tusk things, that will never work out. Adam had his dream home, but he didn't have anybody to share it with. But God had a plan. God went right back to work, but this time he wasn't giving Adam something. He was giving Adam someone. He caused Adam to fall asleep. From Adam's own side, God formed and fashioned Adam's bride and best friend. Adam called her Eve. She was breathtakingly beautiful. Hallmark could not have said it any better than Adam said it. When Adam's anesthesia wore off, he woke and said, Wow, she is beautiful. She's bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. With his first family, God defined marriage as one man and one woman for life. And Adam and Eve started their happily ever after in their new home right there in Eden. The riverfront view, the kitchen with more fruit trees than one could count. Life could not get any better. It was paradise and paradise, just the way God designed it and God built it. So go ahead, open up the Bible, pinch and zoom in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. You can search Eden, shake the bushes, climb the trees to get a better look, and you will not find one hospital, not even a medicine cabinet, in Adam's house. There was no sickness, no disease, no death. Eden was God's design, but in the back of Adam's mind, there was still that one nagging prohibition. From all the trees in the garden, Adam freely eat, bon appetit, but leave the tree of the knowledge of good and evil alone, for in the day you eat from it, you will die. And many people, when they read this, they major on the minor. They major on the one tree Adam and Eve were to stay away from, rather than realize there were hundreds or maybe thousands of trees they could freely eat from. Fruit trees, pecan trees, trees for shade, trees to climb. God splashed the trees with color and furnished them with fruit. Enjoy every one of them, Adam. Just stay away from just one. There are far more privileges in serving God than prohibitions. If all you see is a list of thou shalt nots, you have missed what it means to serve God. We are privileged to come into the presence of God, to experience his presence and power. We are forgiven of our sins, every one of them. And he pays the penalty for our sins when we are baptized in water in the name of Jesus. And we are filled with his Holy Spirit. And God himself walks with us as we walk with him. Far more privileges than prohibitions. If Adam and Eve and their children would have lived for generations like God intended, there would have been no terrorism or wars, not even a rumor of wars. There would have been no crime, no locked doors. Not one drop of man's blood would have ever painted the ground red. Think about it. Life without drug addiction, without alcohol abuse, without jail, without divorce, without handicaps, without cancers, without disease, without death. It sounds like another place God has designed and built. A place we call heaven we will one day call home. What Eden was about as close to heaven as we would get on earth. One day when Jesus comes back, he will restore everything sin and sickness have stolen from us. And we will once again live in unbroken relationship. And there will be no sorrow or death or crying or pain. I am living this day for that day. And what a day that will be. But we're not there yet. We still live in a broken world. But broken was not in God's blueprints. At one point, Satan talked to Eve and tempted her. Tried to convince her God was holding back. God was keeping her from everything life had to offer. And sooner or later, she bought what he was selling. She plucked a piece of fruit and took a bite. Then she gave it to Adam, who was right there beside her, and he took a bite. And everything changed. 
when they chose sin, sin opened a door we've been trying to close for 6,000 years and can't. And every imaginable and unimaginable evil has marched through that door from the beginning. At this point in the scripture, I want to jump out of my seat. I want to jump onto the stage. I want to wrestle the fruit from Eve's hand and give her a kumquat from another tree. But nobody jumps out of their seat and nobody jumps onto the stage. Nobody wrestles the fruit from Eve's hand. Not even Adam. Not even God. Because God gave them a choice. And God rarely interferes with human choice. God allows us to choose our own way but he also allows us to reap our own consequences or blessings of our choice. And God rarely interferes with that choice. It's one of the greatest gifts God ever gave Adam and Eve and us. It is a choice. It's hard to accept that bad things happen to good people. People shake their fist at God and they ask, why God, why did you let this happen? And no answer we can ever give will ever heal the pain that comes from tragedy or loss or even salve it. But you have to understand, tragedy was not God's design. That was us. God gave Adam and Eve pure paradise, and he gave them a choice. They could choose him if they wanted, or they could choose sin. And they chose sin. Everything started to spiral immediately. They lost that innocence that used to clothe them like a coat. They knew something was wrong. They realized they were naked, unclothed, and they were ashamed. So they plucked a few fig leaves from the trees and made aprons to try to be modest. Minutes ago, they were walking with God. Now, they were hiding from him. The only thing that changed was sin. God found them and he asked them, why are you hiding? And they answered, well, we were naked and we were ashamed. And God asked them, who told you that? And Adam played the newest game in the book, which is now the oldest. He blamed his wife. That woman you gave me, gave me the fruit and I ate. God turned to Eve and asked her, is that true? Eve blamed Satan. That serpent, he tricked me. That's when Adam, Eve, and all of creation felt the searing sting of sin. Eve was cursed with hard labor and childbirth. Adam was cursed to work by the sweat of his brow, and the serpent was cursed to crawl in the dust on his belly. But God, with a gleam in his eye, knew there was coming a day when he would right the wrongs. Although Adam and Eve sinned, and that sin separated them from God, God still loved them and longed to be in close relationship with them. He could have wiped his hands of them, wiped them off the earth, and started off with a new race, but he chose to work with them and walk with them, even though they sinned, which tells me God does not give up on us every time we make a mistake. As much as God is holy and hates sin, and he is and he does, he does not turn us away when we fall. Rather, he points us back to another tree where we find forgiveness for our sins and restoration for our relationship, he points us to an old, rugged cross. In the garden, God shed an animal's blood to cover Adam and Eve with the skins. He was foreshadowing a day when God himself would come and shed his own blood as a substitute to cover our own sins. And God himself would be the innocent sacrifice that covers our sin. God knew that one man and one choice and one tree would bring death to every man. But God also knew that one day, one man who was much more than just a man, and one choice and one tree would bring life to everyone who would believe and obey. 
Adam and Eve broken in the beginning, but there was grace for them then. You and I have broken it in our lives, but thank God there is still mercy and grace for us now. Thank God for one man, one choice, and a tree that changes everything. Would you join me in prayer right now and ask the Lord to help us to be in right relationship with him? Adam and Eve were in the beginning, and then sin separated them from God. But let's ask the Lord that whatever sin might be in our lives, we would repent of it and ask him to forgive us, and he will, and ask him to bring us back to him. Dear Jesus, thank you for the price you paid for us, for being our substitute sacrifice. Thank you for Calvary. Thank you, God, that you still forgive our sin and remit our sin and wash our sin away. Thank you. I ask you today to forgive us of anything in our lives that would separate us from you, anything that would keep us out of right relationship with you. God, please forgive us. Help us to be in right relationship, to be God in covenant relationship with you, Jesus. Help us to be right with you, to have our hearts right with you. I love you and I thank you. I praise you today for Calvary. We fall once again at your feet and thank you and pray for your great mercy in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for spending time with me, Simplify listeners. I pray this episode has been a blessing to you and I pray you would subscribe and share. That way you can help others to hear the beautiful gospel of Jesus Christ And when you subscribe, you'll never miss an episode. You'll know exactly every time every episode drops. I want to thank all of you who have been listening for some time now. We are entering into our fourth year of Simplify, and we are so close. We are only, I think, six episodes away from our 200th episode. So thank you so much, Simplify listeners. And by way of statistics, I do believe we are just past 130,000 downloads. So thank you again for all you have done to make this part of your devotional walk and your relationship with Jesus. It's an honor to get to share this with you every week. Head over to PentecostalPublishing.com. There are some great resources. And anytime you use promo code, or at least the first time you use promo code SIMPLIFY at checkout, you will get 10% off your entire order. So use promo code SIMPLIFY at checkout, get 10% off your entire order. Next week, I want to share with you a devotion called The First Family Feud. That's about Cain and Abel. And if you don't know how it ends, it does not end well for Abel, or really, honestly, for Cain. I'll share that with you, and I'm looking forward to it, sharing that with you next week, and always look forward to walking closer with Jesus as we walk through Simplify.